welcome to Cannabis Data Science, the 73rd one. So we've been we've been doing this for about a year and a half. So thank you all for lending your ears and making this happen. Long story short, was working on an automation task because we actually found a awesome source for lab results. So we've been looking at lab results results for a handful of samples and strains and i figured well let's just go straight to the source and so today we'll do that go straight to the source get the lab results ended up spending a bunch of my time doing automation so we'll finally have an awesome data set for you but then you know you fine folk may have to help me um, in the coming weeks with some of the statistics Essentially, the topics of the day are, you know, web scraping, and then to, just to introduce some fun data science topics, I thought, okay, we could also talk about margin of error. That's actually pertinent to the data we'll be collecting in a couple of fashions. And then we'll also look at secure hash algorithms, just because eh, let's just spice it up with something interesting and fun. And just, you know, fun fact, these little things end up having so many uses. So turns out I was just reading and it looks like they were formally created by the NSA in 2002. And then once you get these new technologies, it's just amazing what people will think to do with them. And so ultimately, you know, these hashing algorithms are what's underlying Bitcoin. And this is what the authentication system for the Canlytics website uses. We use SHA-256 hashes. So this is just pretty standard technology that people use. Um, but anyways, I'll just uh, just show you how you can use them today too. So what, what are we even going to be doing today? There's a fantastic laboratory in Michigan, PSI Labs, and through December, the end of December of 2021, they've been diligently posting their laboratory results. And as you can see, you can get quite detailed information for the various samples that have been tested. So this was a Marshmallow OG. It's awesome that they've taken a image of this and I'll actually introduce to you some fun side projects you could potentially do. Um, but you've got some images. They've got for various samples, it depends on what people requested or what analyses were performed, but you may have pesticide. Looks like there was none detect across the board. So Microbials, metals, potency. So lots of rich data. From what I can tell, you know, PSI Labs doesn't, you know, state that you know they don't want, you know, robots on their website or this or that. And and like they, I was kind of thinking from an accessibility point of view. I was kind of made this joke the other day that you know I'm sort of you know half man, half Python, so. You know, I think you could almost make an accessibility claim that, you know, if your preferred way to browse the web is through Python, um, 
then so be it. Um, and so what's cool about being half Python is that, you know, a human may look at this and, you know, you can only do so much, right? You can only remember so many photos. You can only remember so many lab names or sample names. But with Python, right, we've got a stunningly good memory and we can work incredibly quickly. So let's, you know, dip into some of our, you know, extraordinary abilities here. Um, because basically the idea is there's hundreds of pages here. And if just wanted to go through one by one, it would be hard to review all of these samples. And the idea is if you reviewed all these samples, you could a good idea about what's the distribution of cannabinoids and flowers, concentrates, you know, you name it. Uh, they've got, you know, every type of sample. Uh, so basically the idea is we've been using requests a lot. Just We just request a page. And that's fine and dandy, but I guess I won't go. I'm still with you all, right? Okay, cool. So for sure it is, uh, you know, if you basically look at everything, you know, this lab, uh, you know, this, it's sent to you. Basically what ends up happening is this, this whole body is rendered with JavaScript after after it arrives in your browser. So you, it's hard to just you know request this in your traditional manner. So basically what we're going to do is we're just going to use Chrome through Python. So that's why I said you know we're sort of you know uh, half man or, or half woman have Python here because we're still going to use Chrome. We're just going to drive Chrome through uh, through you know our Python console here. And this is going to be an interesting an interesting uh, script to go through today since it, it is web-based. So hopefully you know, we've got enough bandwidth to get through here. But the idea is if, if you actually, you know, start looking at what's going on, you know, programmatically, you'll see that, oh, it looks like, you know, the developer may have coded in, you know, 492 pages, but if you you know start looking at how the website behaves, you know you'll see that there's actually you know thousands of pages of lab results. Um, so so here's lab results going back to you know 2019. Just keeps going and going and going, and so I realized that. There's almost 5,000 pages of lab results. So 
estimated, right, 10 lab results per page. That's about, and that's why I said you're going to get your hands on about 50,000 lab results here because we're going to get, you know, just shy of that, you know, about 49,000 lab results. Um, and I will deliver all these to you as promised. Um, as you'll see, the, the data collection process is a little lengthy. So I do have a lot. Um, and then I'll basically just start uh, dripping these out to you. But everyone who signed up will get every lab result that is collected. So how do you go about doing this? Well, what's cool is, so check this out. We'll basically just open up a Chrome browser here um, and we'll want to define what page we want to point it at. Um, so we basically say, okay, Chrome, go to PSI Labs website, please, and go to page 4200. Um, and so now, Chrome will diligently perform this task for us, um, albeit you know it may be a little slow, a little slow out of the gate just because of uh, all the tasks I'm asking my computer to do at the moment, such as streaming to to all of you fine folks. Um, so hopefully this will get there sooner rather than later. But basically, I went through, you know, one of these pages here, right? So if you go and if you look at, you know, the Marshmallow OG page and this page, and you just say, okay, what are all the unique data points that we can collect? Well, oh, so finally, so 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 awesome. This page loaded page 4,200. Fantastic. So, so that's why I was saying I think you could make a good excuse, not even an excuse. Like I think you could make a good a good case that, you know, why should um, a website say that, you know, you can't access it, you know, through quote unquote automation because it's basically just, you know, what if that's just, you know the your preferred way to to browse the web um you know the, i it's just that's how you want to access the web uh but, but anywho um that's what we'll be basically be doing and like i said i and then the other reason is you know why you know why should we even you know collect this data well basically i had this uh almost like a like a panic uh, slash nightmare on Monday because I uh, I couldn't find uh, this website and then I, I it started to make me realize that you know we could easily you know lose all this data to to history you know like um, you know they were only getting lab results the lab results just stopped at 2021 so you know maybe they updated their software or maybe their soft root software uh, you know developer is no longer you know developing on this application so there's many possibilities and you know long story short is 
I'd hate to see such phenomenal data um, on this, you know, this critical thing, right? We all think that, you know, cannabis can do a lot of positive good in this world. So if we just, all this data just vanished, uh, that would just be a disaster. So I almost think like, you know, future generations may look back on us and be like, You're, you didn't even write down all that data and you had all the tools. It was just sitting there right before you and you just didn't, you know, take the time to do it. Um, so basically, I just sort of had this panic on Monday and realized that, you know, yes, you know, PSI Labs, they've probably got this data nice and uh, diligently stored in their database. But, you know, it wouldn't hurt to just go ahead and create an, another archive of this data because I think this is data that, in my opinion, people are going to be looking at for years to come. Uh, so long story short, we can do our part and try to collect it. Um, so, and also, I also kind of just see this as meeting people to get all the lab results online and accessible, you know, that, that, that's it. Like, you, you know, yeah, an API would be nice, but you know, we, we've got to test cannabis here, you know, we, we did our part. And so basically we're, I'm saying, oh, fine. Like, you know, we'll meet you where you are. You did your part. You did a phenomenal job. We can, we can, we can take this and, and run it home for you. Um, so long story short, we can basically just look at their HTML and start, you know, finding the various elements that we need. So basically we can say, oh, you know, on this first page, that we can get these 10 samples just as a, you know, a sanity check. You know, we can look at, you know, this first card. So these are still sort of just like HTML elements, but I think we can print them out. So basically this is all the text on the card. So we're looking at presidential by Sensi. Sure enough, that's the first card right here, presidential by Sensi. It's actually Sensi 7. Sure enough, Sensi 7. And so that's what's, what's nice about the computers, right? Is, you know, us humans, we're, we're real imperfect. But the idea is, you know, as a computer, it's, I, I think we underestimate how, how good their, their memory is, especially with, you know, these large data sets. So for example, I figured it'd probably be worthwhile to go ahead and, you know, in the deal with images in general with, uh, you know, online images is these are, these are PSI Labs images. So they belong to them. So you can't really just, you know, download them and copy them around willy nilly. But in general, you know, a link on the website, uh, you know, links on the web can be readily copied and shared. So basically the idea is, you know, you can readily link to their, to their image. So, you know, you can save the URL to their image. And then if you ever want to, you know, go look at, you know, this image, say you're doing all your research and there's something just kind of funny about this presidential uh, sample, you can go check it out, 
you know, you can go look at the go look at their image and displaying it on your website. You have to be super careful. Uh, typically, you'd want to give you know PSI Labs credit, but you know, generally, that's how you know Google and you know Google Images works, right? They're just they're just using links to images all over the all over the internet. So generally, like I said, I try not to be as ruthless as as some of, the, of these companies that you see. But uh, in general, right? Uh, like so, for example, like in the presentation today, I think it's worthwhile, you know, showing you the uh, their image. So, um, you know, I'm not like copying it or saving it. I'm just kind of showing it to you and talking about it. But funny enough, uh, does anybody recognize what this is? Trichomes. One more time. Trichomes. Well, exactly. So, so the, the all the little crystally things are trichomes. I was thinking that. Well, there's so many plant parts here, right? The botanist could pick out so many. But basically, this whole thing is a, a calyx. So this is basically like one cannabis flower. Um, and that's actually the, the Canlytics logo is just a, a calyx. And so basically, you know, when a, like a bud is just, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of these beautiful little flowers. And yeah, you've got the, the calyx. I think the orange hairs are called stigma, perhaps. Um, and then, then exactly the trichomes, it's just covered in trichomes. And this is, this, when you start to look at pictures like this, uh, it actually makes the, the brain kind of think, and that's actually where the, my question for, for our research for today came from is, I mean, look how covered in trichomes this, this cannabis flower is. And so it just, it kind of makes one think that, you know, could a cannabis breeder eventually like, you know, breed a cannabis flower to basically just be, you know, one giant trichome, you know, how big can these trichomes get? So it may act. So I was thinking, you know, from a biological point of view, it may actually be, you know, we may be able to parse it out in the data, you know, or these trichomes essentially getting bigger over time. And so, so the way we could basically say is like, you know, or is the average, you know, cannabinoid concentration increasing over time? And then I was just going to throw out two real cool, quick, you know, machine learning projects you could do, right? You've got all these images, right? Well, it's maybe sort of extraordinary what a you know how a computer could process an image, right? And so it's sort of like you know if you look at a cannabis flower, you could say, oh, that's high quality cannabis, that's low quality cannabis. And even when you start say, so for example, I worked at a, a cannabis testing laboratory, and you start to see so many samples that you can actually even start to get a good approximation in your head, like, you know, okay, you know, what, you know, percentage THC would this flower test at? You know, you're not going to know spot on, but you can kind of just get an idea from just kind of looking at, you know, how covered in trichomes the flower is. 
so what I was wondering is, would it be possible, uh, and you've got a couple different images here, right? So you can maybe use uh, the, the flower uh, uh, zoom now, because this would be a, a bit more realistic in your application. But could you train a machine learning algorithm to predict the cannabinoid concentration by just looking at the, the image? Uh, because the idea is, you know, for all of these samples, right, we have the concentration and we have the image. So you could actually, and like I said, I've never done any uh, image processing, um, but I was just thinking that this actually is an application that, you know, you may be able to pull off. Um, you know, is there any way that you can predict the concentration from the images because remember we've got almost 50,000 images here or 50,000 observations so so long story short um, you know as a diligent data scientist I figured it would be worthwhile to just go ahead and record the image URLs whether or not I'll use them I don't know but but that's the cool thing about data is I always say Never throw away data, you know, save every piece of data you can, because who knows when it will be useful by who in the future. So I may never use the images, but maybe some clever data scientist will think of it used for them. But long story short is, you know, you can go ahead and collect all the sample details for this. You know, it gets a little bit more complicated, but, you know, the, the code is just code is code so if you're interested in that you're, you're welcome to read through the script but the idea is you can start to get all of the the cool data points that you need and then i promised you hashing algorithms so i'll just go ahead and intro introduce those to you real quick so essentially the way the hash works is you basically have a secret and a message and so those are commonly called your private key and your public key. So in this case, we'll just say, okay, you know, the date that this was tested is, you know, a quote unquote secret. It doesn't actually matter. I'm just using this to create a, a random ID, but I just kind of wanted to explain the concept to you. But you basically got, you know, this secret that only you know, and then, you know, somebody else, as another piece of information. So in this case, the sample name. And then basically, if you combine these together in a hash, you'll always get the same hash. Um, so it's just going to be a, a, a bit, and I'll show you here in a second, it's going to be a big random string that it's unique and you can't go backwards so the idea is once you have the hash you can't back out uh, this information here so it ends up being useful in many many different scenarios this may this may have been a little a little much of a tangent um, but I don't know I threw it in there and then it, it's common to quote unquote salt the public key so basically just have you know, just another random piece, or not random, but another piece of data, in this case, the producer, that you'd add to, you know, the public information. So that way, somebody basically says, oh, 
you know, I want, you know, presidential OG. I know it's coming from the producer, salt that. And then, you know, I'm the only one who knows what date it was tested. And then all of a sudden you can create the, the sample ID. And then that's just going to be this long random string. It's completely unique, you know, that no one else is going to accidentally create the same ID. And you can't back out any of the information. So the idea is, you know, this random ID, I can just readily share with a lot of people. It has a lot of information to me, but it has no information to anyone else, right? I could like, this has no information to anybody, but you know, you know, I can now, you know, no, you know, you know, now if, you know, some producer wants to, like I said, if some producer wants a sample, I can potentially, you know, look this up on my end. So, so kind, kind of a, a bit of a tangent, but I thought it would flow a bit, a bit smoother into the, uh, the meetup uh, for today. But if you're interested, you know, feel free to talk with me more about that or, or what have you. But long story short is, we can go ahead and finish collecting all the, the cool data points. So now we've got the analyses. And I'm not worrying about cleaning the data much yet, um, other than just, you know, removing uh, like HTML stuff. So I'm just getting the data as is, and we'll clean it up later. So basically, and now we'll go ahead and get the link to the actual, you know, details. So we basically find all of this data here, except that I skipped uh, these compounds since we'll just get those from the, the sample specific page. So cool, so we basically, you know, we've got its name, company, date tested, sample type, analyses, and image. So tons of information already. And then we can basically, we can get its COA. Uh, and once again, you can't just copy the PDF, but you could, you know, record the URL. That way you could, you know, if need be, you could find the, the COA in the future. And here is where I want to really applaud PSI Labs and introduce the the other topic that we were going to talk about today, the, the margin of error. And so PSI Labs has internally studied their methodology, right? So that you can see they, they're even listing it here. They're using GCFID, which is actually non-traditional i would say for cannabinoids a lot of or not even non-traditional but it's uh remember this is 2016 so what would be actually interesting is to see okay in 2021 maybe they're using the common method used today is hplc back in the day right back in 2000 2016, 
I think it was really common to do cannabinoid analysis by GC. Um, and so this is gas chromatography um, versus liquid chromatography. And so if you're a diligent data scientist, as, as we are here, so we're going to record the method that was used that could be applied statistically, right? So we may want to see if the method that you use to test cannabis has any statistical effect on the concentration, which it may. So we may find out that the HPLC is the superior method and we may only want to, or the GC may be the superior method. We don't know until we test it, right? But I've got my hypothesis that the HPLC may be the superior method since that's the one that people have kind of adopted. But uh, you can do pretty incredible things with gas chromatography too. Gas chromatography is what people normally test terpenes with. Okay, so enough of the, enough of the of those tangents. But the the other cool thing, so right, they've done an internal test, and they've they've tested and they found that okay, we have about a ten percent margin of error. So you can think, to, and I want to say this is maybe like a Z distribution or something. So I don't know where how exactly they're getting these sample size numbers from. But let's say that these are accurate. Then that would mean that PSI Labs has internally tested their method, you know, with a, a sample size of almost 100, right? So that means they created an internal standard, right? So what it, what's an internal standard? It's basically just maybe they somebody, right? they're getting a bunch of cannabis sample in. So what they could do is they could, you know, grind up a bunch of flour or mix up a bunch of concentrate or grind up a bunch of cookies together. And the idea is you could create sort of a, you know, a representative sample of what, you know, flour would maybe. And then you can just, you know, you basically just, you know, test. Well, actually, that's an internal standard. They probably actually need to get a third-party standards for this so they probably actually have to you know pay you know a third-party company that says oh you know we sell 99 percent thc solution then you'd basically buy the 99 percent thc solution or what have you and then you may dilute it right so if you buy a 99 percent thc dilution you may dilute it to the point where it should have a 50% concentration, you test it a hundred times. So that means they, right, they created this reference standard. Then they ran a hundred samples on their GC, and then their margin of error had to be, you know, within 10%. So that's actually a pretty wide margin of error when you think about it. Um, so, you know, this has a 50% concentration of THC. That means it could have, yes, so it could have as low as, don't trust any of the statistics or math I'm, I'm telling you today because as I said, we, we were off to a super rocky start. Um, but the, the long story short is it, it's important to take into consideration 
your your uncertainty. You know, it's useful to know that this sample has a, a minuscule amount of CBDA detected, but the uncertainty is so great that you know statistically, I don't think that's uh, necessarily different from zero. Um, CBG may be statistically different than zero. And so, you know, and then, uh, and then you know, ju just kind of keep that in mind. Um, actually, the, the margin of error is quite low on, uh, on this sample. But, but long story short is this, this is a useful statistic that I do believe most laboratories calculate, but I think very few, you know, report on their, uh, on their COAs here, and I'll and I'll get to the juicy part here too. But basically, this is kind of typical, but maybe even on the low end. So this is a ten percent margin of error, which you know it's not. You can see higher in the cannabis industry. Um, in fact, you know we were looking at plant patents, and it was kind of it became pretty apparent that the plant patent we were looking at, they were working with a 20% margin of error. And so, you know, cultivators, I think they just may need to get edgy, right? I never fault anyone, right? So people will get flustered and they'll say, oh, you know, we sent uh, three different samples to three different laboratories and got back three different results. One, or those, you know, three different results or those within the laboratory, if you sent them to the same laboratory, so let's say you sent this presidential flower to PSI Labs three times, you know, they may they may send you back uh, a 22%, a 25%, and this 23% here. And so numbers like that can get flustered, uh, cultivator right because they're like oh you know which is it is it is it 25 percent or is it 21 percent that those those numbers whether we like it or not could easily influence the price that that would fetch at retail so basically it's just it's an information uh game slash problem where it's just just trying to get the information out the best they can. And that's why I applaud PSI Labs is they're they're doing their part to to get that information out there. And so I don't think we have a compound here, but they're reporting it for the cannabinoids, which is awesome. And so then like diligent data scientists will go ahead and collect the margin of error. And like I said, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to use it right away but we can step one, right? Step one, get the data. So, so we'll just get get the data. So, uh, what's this even going to look like? Uh, you know, I'm getting their QR code, which I'm I may not even get. I'm a. So basically, I was kind of thinking about this and. Uh, right, it's always good to be tr transparent about all the potential problems. I was speaking with the laboratory in Las Vegas, and they did not like the idea, 
Or actually, I take that back. Maybe it was a, actually, I think it was a cultivator in Oregon. And they did not like the idea of having their COAs out there because they said that people would copy their COAs and, you know, fraudulently use them. Um, and that's that's no good. Uh, and so some labs are sort of implementing things like QR codes. That way you scan the QR code. It goes to PSI Labs website. You can kind of confirm. So I don't necessarily know if I should use this QR code or not. It, I was actually even going to say that, you know, the QR code may be sort of a, a 20th century technology. And the 21st century technology equivalent of a QR code would be, Candice? Drum roll. It's actually going to be essentially a data NFT. That's correct with, uh, with Ocean, yes. And so that's why I was sort of introducing these hashes because, I mean, ah, ultimately. Okay, I get the logic for sure. Well, I'll kind of get, we can kind of maybe build this more up next week. But the idea is, right, you can take any random, not random, but you can take any message and encode it and with a private key and you'll get back uh, this hash. And so the idea, I do believe, with the data NFTs is, right, and I may be mistaking this entirely, but I do believe if you have you know, a certain set of data and you hash it, you'll get a unique hash, right? And it'll just, that's that's your hash, right? That data will always give you that hash. If the data changes, you'll have a different hash. And so that's sort of the idea behind traceability is, right, 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 right the Right. Once the laboratory repo reports the numbers, right, it's it's got a hash. Um, and the idea is the hash is sort of on the blockchain. So a bunch of people will agree on the hash and you can't just go back in time and change the hash willy nilly. Um, you know, you can change it for the future and then everything will be recorded. But, you know, this original hash will will kind of exist. Right, um, ledger. Exactly. So basically the idea is, you know, if a laboratory reports this set of results, they'll get hashed and that will sort of just be this unique hash. So uh, so that way, you know, everybody can basically agree that yes, you know, you know, those were the results. Uh, and like I said, I am not the smartest cookie in the jar. So don't try to go to me for an explanation about how the blockchain works. But basically, that's my mon monkey brain uh, understanding of what's going on is somehow the data is getting hashed. Uh, the hash is unique. Everyone agrees about the data going in on it. And, you know, as far as the data NFTs, there may be essentially some sort of ownership involved. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to read up more on this. Um, I know statistics and data. So that's what I'll teach you. 
um, and I'll try to learn more about some of these these other cool technologies. No, it's really uh, cool. And then with Ocean, uh, with their training, um, they actually have a uh, a Rinkaby, uh test network, so you can play around with it. You can actually, you know, uh, send messages, uh, you know, transactions back and forth, get the different hashes, and uh, kind of get a real feel for what's going on without having to you know, put, uh, hook in your bank account or credit card, right? It's all free. They get, actually give you a free coinage too. It's pretty yeah. interesting, their training. And I think we may just be sort of on the cutting edge of it, right? It's basically like, right, the, remember the secure hashing algorithms came about in 2002. Bitcoin came about in like 2000, what, eight or nine yeah. or so. So it's not like, in the, and, you know, these days, um, you know, if you're talking to a software developer, like they're, they're going to expect you to implement some sort of hashing algorithm. Like if you're doing like authentic, right, right. So like I was working with a developer and we were doing an authentication for an API. And it's like, yeah, like you need to, you know, implement some sort of hashing algorithm. Um, at least the SHA-256, right? There, there's more complicated ones that exist today, but but this is sort of, you know, an industry standard. So it's basically like what is once a new technology will, you know, eventually become the standard. So I think, uh, you know, QR codes are useful, but I think uh, like, especially for laboratory testing, I think, I think things like data NFTs, essentially smart contracts, I think those are just going to end up being standard place with laboratory testing. Um, so uh, that's why I'm trying to, and not like overnight, you know, it may be five or 10 years from now, but, uh, but that's what my hypothesis is. So that's why I'm trying to learn about them uh, to help out the cannabis space. Okay. So now we're, we're kind of at the end. I'll have to think about some way to make it up to you all for the rocky start to today. Um, but basically, wrote all of this code into these reusable functions. So now you can basically, you know, go through and I shared this script on Slack, but I'll make sure to email it out to everybody as well. And then I'll also post it all to GitHub. But the idea, and I will email you the data. And so the idea is you can now run this script on all uh, the pages and collect the data. And, and we can look at the data. Uh, da, 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 da. And keep in mind, I will deliver you the near 50,000 results that were promised. Um, I was only able to run this for two or three hours yesterday uh, afternoon. So in those like three hours or so, I collected 2,000 lab results for you. And then I'll go ahead and immediately share. These are their most recent 2,000. And I know I promised you 50,000. So I will deliver. It just, uh, if you will be so kind to wait. So I'll go ahead and start collecting the rest. And as I said, uh, it takes about an hour and a half to collect a hundred samples. So it could literally take me two or three days of computing 
power to collect all 50,000. So I'm sorry if I was a little misleading. Um, I hope I didn't mislead you, but I will, everyone who signed up will get all of this data in full. And better, better than that is this is the unprocessed data. And so basically, and I'll go ahead and wrap up here since we don't need to beat you to death with this, but basically the idea is, okay, now that we have it all collected, we can go through, clean it, right? We, right? We can remove the 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 delta symbols, um, right? We can parse out the units. We can handle these positive, negative signs and margin of error. You know, we can do all that fine, fine, dandy cleaning stuff after we've collected it. So I'll do that for you. And then basically next week. I was wanting to do this today, but it was, it was just too jam-packed of a day, and we had such a, thanks to me, we had a, a rough start. But for next week, and we can have a bit more of a conversation about the data next week too, but next week we can finally start to explore this. And as I said, the the, the main question, and I, I actually saw um, some cultivators and a uh, like a, biz a business magazine talking about this and so i think this is what people are interested in is are cultivators able to essentially get better and better at at uh, breeding for these compounds and so i kind of wanted to do a time series analysis right we've got results going back to 2016 all the way to 2021 so in this five or six year time span, have breeders been able to breed for statistically higher levels of delimonene, beta-pinene, myrcene, curiophylline, linalool, THC, CBD? What you know? What or you know have processors been able to get more efficient? Right? Are concentrates increasing over time? So I think these are questions that people are interested in that I think the cannabis data science team is uniquely positioned to answer. So, so first steps first was just get the data, then we'll clean it up and analyze it. So my apologies for the completely you know mess of a presentation today. So hopefully once I get this data in your hands, that may make up for things but does anybody have any questions comments thoughts before we call it a day all right too cool until next time have an awesome day keep advancing cannabis science